Well, I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. Anyone with me? I mean, to have a date on the calendar where much of the world just totally shuts down, not having to go to work, not having to go to the store, I mean, those things are closed down. And when you think about it, what is it that was so significant where our whole calendar system was built around this experience that we are celebrating tomorrow? I love Christmas. I love the traditions. Um, I know some of us have a whole bunch of different kind of traditions, but uh, some of our traditions are a little bit weird. I know growing up, this was one of our weird, weird traditions in the Tima household, in that, um, and, and parents don't do this today, but um, years ago, because I was in the choir, we sung um, throughout my entire childhood at the 11 o'clock p.m. service that ended right at midnight. And because of that, I had to sleep much of the day, the day of Christmas Eve, and I slept most of that day in the car because my parents were always doing last-minute shopping, and I was in the car sleeping or having a book, okay? Don't do that. But that was kind of one of our weird traditions where I just knew I'm going to be in the car at least a few hours here on Christmas Eve before the big celebration. Um, I know some of us have a lot of different uh, traditions. How many of you are purists and do not allow any opening of gifts until Christmas morning at least? Anybody here? Oh, okay, not many. I, okay, I was in a purist household, so we could never do anything until at least Christmas. So you guys are probably opening a lot of different, maybe at least one gift tonight. You guys doing that? No? Okay, not getting any gifts? Okay, well, we'll uh, you guys are on the naughty list. You really need to listen to what I have to say today. Um, but I know Tammy and I are so looking forward to this Christmas. I know the very first Christmas for us as grandparents. Yeah, very first time. I know you look, you think we look too young to be grandparents, but it's true. Um, but no, so looking forward to uh, having not only Sadie, but then our daughter is flying in on Wednesday for about five days from Philadelphia, and she's pregnant and due in June. So, man, this is a, a fun time for the Timas. But I know for not everybody, it's a, a great time, but... The, the gift that we are unwrapping today, I think, is so hugely important for the wonder of the season. We're going to un unpack a gift today, the gift of salvation. And so we're going to be jumping all around Scripture because I really, I prayerfully desire that in the... Uh, in the frequency of hearing the story that it never gets old. And my prayer today is that no matter what situation you might be uh, in today, where you will see that God is a God who loves to reveal himself as Emmanuel, God with us. That really is the root of what we're going to be talking about today because, again, we have uh, the angel talking to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, the very first gospel in Matthew 1. The angel is confronting Joseph and he was saying, hey, don't, don't uh, separate from Mary. 
okay? There's going to be some things happening. It's going to be a little bit confusing to you. But then he says this. He says, all this is going to take place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7, 14. That says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being God with us. And that's a, a huge, huge prophecy right there that when you think about it, would be amazing to fulfill. I mean, a virgin, okay? A girl who's never been with a guy, okay, having a baby. So anyway, I want to really focus in today on three facts that make Christmas so important. And the first is this. Jesus came to earth in the form of a human baby. Okay, that's something that, again, is so familiar to us, but I want you to understand just how great this news is. See, the angel in Matthew chapter 1 was quoting from Isaiah 7.14, and you need to know the context of Isaiah 7.14. The context was that there was chaos in Israel that there was a king who was a great king who was about to die and there was going to be somebody else who would take after him. And Isaiah, there, there was some anxiety over this. And this is what I love about God and what you might need to be reminded about God here today is that he loves to come into those spaces that are a little bit chaotic, a little bit confusing. In fact, our series in 2024 is going through the book of Genesis. We're going to do a deep dive into the book of Genesis, and it's called Redeeming the Chaos. And I do believe there's a lot of chaos in this land, but I do believe that God has something to say about it in the very same way to the prophet. He said, okay, there's a little bit of chaos right now, but let me speak into this chaos, and let me tell you what I am going to do and the amazing plan that's going to be orchestrated. And so he says this, that uh, I will come in the form of a human baby. The gospel of John, in John's account, so there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospel accounts of the life of Jesus. In John's account, he goes back further than before Mary and Joseph. He goes back, listen how far he goes back to where his Christmas story starts. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, in the beginning was the logos, in the beginning was the design, in the beginning was the order, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is Jesus, and it says the Word was with God, and the Word was who? Okay, so here you have God himself saying this, that I am going to come down into the form of a baby. In fact, I, I just, I love how God's word puts this in just so many different amazing ways. I know in Colossians, in Colossians, it says this in Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. So right there, the word of God says this, 
that God comes in the form of a man. He empties himself of his heavenly divinity, so to speak. He maintains his divinity. But if you could picture a pitcher of water, and the pitcher of water is being poured out of the pitcher into a glass, that glass is humanity, and he fills, he takes on the form of humanity in an amazing, amazing way. He does that through a virgin birth. And when you think about it, if we question, does God have the sovereign ability to navigate even the most chaotic of situations and somehow bring some completion to that, some understanding to that. Is that possible for God to do? Absolutely. But sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it's no fun. When you're in the middle of it. You know, I think of Mary and Joseph. I think that again, according to the prophecy, In Micah chapter 5 verse 2, it says this, that look for the Messiah, not only will the sign be through a virgin birth, okay, but it would also be in the city of David, the town of Bethlehem. And I go, okay, so here is what God has to do. He's got to get a guy interested in sticking with a woman who is pregnant, not by any other guy, but the Holy Spirit. Okay, just figure out how that's going to go down. Okay, so then they're in the little community of Nazareth, and Nazareth had a horrible reputation. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So you've got this guy and this girl, they meet up in Nazareth, but then at just the right time, what does God do? He moves in the heart of Rome's IRS to say this, that there is going to be a census and there's going to be a tax and you've got to go back to your roots to uh, pay your taxes there. And the timing has to be just right that the baby of this virgin will be born in Bethlehem miles and miles away from Nazareth. I want you to really embrace the wonder of the Christmas story. Think about how all that went down. And on top of that, it says that this Messiah would be in the line of Jesse, the lineage of Jesse, the root of King David's throne, okay? So not only, so again, virgin birth. Okay, baby, born in Bethlehem, miles away from where they were. Okay, next, uh, you know, then, then you, you have all this going on, and the lineage of both Mary and Joseph go back through to the line of David, both of them. So now you have the, the husband of Mary, That's how Matthew chapter 1 puts it. And then you've got Mary that are in the line of David. What is amazing about the timing, folks, is this. That in 70 AD, the general Titus was ordered to destroy Jerusalem and to destroy the temple and everything in the temple. It was a horrible desolation. But what was destroyed in the temple was all of the lineage documents that prove that you have the line to the the Jewish people. All that was destroyed in 70 AD. 
But there were two who wrote down and did the research and did the lineage before that happened. And we have those in Matthew and we have those in Luke chapter 3. Matthew 1, Luke 3. So when you read through the Bible in a year and you get to those genealogies and say, oh man, I got to pass that up. No, it's filled with great stuff. And so you see, I just, I want you to understand that Jesus came to earth in the form of a human baby in perfect fulfillment of scripture and that none of this was by chance or luck. It's that the sovereign hand of God came into the chaos. He orchestrated everything and all of that would come to fruition. Isn't that good news? So I want us to capture back the wonder. But here's the second uh, fact that makes Christmas so important, that Jesus came to earth to save us. He came to earth to save us. Now, some of us go, save me from what? Now, I know for those who've been in church for a while, you know, well, save from sin. Save from the penalty of sin. But I, I, I want to really capture the essence of what salvation is. That when you and I were born, we were born into sin. The Bible is clear that, you know, we have a propensity to do wrong. Now, we could do a whole lot of good, but inside our souls, there is this propensity for me to be selfish, and you don't have to train your kids how to be selfish, how, how to be all about them. But the chief essence of what sin is, is me calling the shots and ignoring that there is a God who has uh, created the heaven and earth and put everything exactly in a rhythm, in a balance, exactly as God saw fit. But sin messes that up. And sin at its very core robs us from a relationship with the holy God. So we are sinful people. There is a holy God. There is a gap there. And here's what Jesus does. He comes to earth to, to save us from our sin. In John chapter 1, um, it's just like, it, it's the reminder that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's full of grace, and he's full of truth. What I, what I love about God's word is this, that God reveals a whole lot about the God of the Bible that we worship. Um, Romans chapter one says this. He says, for those who don't really think God exists at the foundation, um, you could look at a scene like that and go, wow, man, this did not happen by chance. I mean, there is this sovereign designer, this, this creator. You could look in the mirror at yourself and go, wow, um, doctors I know, the actual biology of life is so amazing. And to think that just happened by chance. But you know, you could look at scenes like this or like this. I know for me, I'm a mountain guy. 
love the mountains, feel close to God in the mountains, makes me want to worship when I'm just in the front of a scene like that. I just say, God, you are good. But when I look at this scene, I know nothing about God's ability to forgive. I only know of God's ability to create, right? And so when I think about it, I go, man, God came in the form of a human. Why? To be able to identify with us, to identify with what you're going through, what I'm going through. So he knows how to be the Savior and to be Emmanuel, God with us in whatever situation you're in. We've already determined, according to the scriptures, God can step into the chaos, and there could be apparent disorder, and God has a plan in all of that, and sometimes the plan for all of that is for somebody else's benefit, but God is using you as his conduit to help another, and we don't always like that, do we? We go, no, we want our life to go well. We want to play God ourselves, but Jesus came to earth to save us. And he has the ability to save because he is God. Jesus is God. Here, let me illustrate this for you. In the book of Genesis, when we study Genesis, we will see that the very first name given to God, and there's 85 names, about 85 names in the scripture given for God, because not one name could fully encapsulate all that God is. So there's about 85 names in the scriptures for God. The first one mentioned is Elohim, and that is creator God. And the beautiful thing about this is that in the the New Testament, Colossians 1, in Colossians 1, 15, um, verse 17, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. So he is not only the creator of life, he is the sustainer of life. And he has come to really restore what was broken in Genesis chapter 3. He has come to restore life to us. And so you have basically um, Paul, the apostle Paul, saying in Galatians 1 that Christ is before all things, in him all things hold together. It is to remind you that you know, Elohim, the creator, that Jesus Christ existed before he was a baby. He's the only baby born on this earth that existed before and say, I'm going to choose to be born right here and in you. I mean, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. I want you to be amazed when you just, you think about uh, him that way. Jehovah, Jehovah is the name God introduced himself as to Moses, the burning bush. And he says, I am. Well, there was a time where the religious leaders cornered Jesus, trying to trap Jesus. And Jesus, um, he says this, before Abraham was, I am. Again, he is saying, hey, before all of this, you know, our father is Abraham. But before Abraham was, I am. 
In fact, I'm the creator, I'm the sustainer, I am. So you see the Old Testament, what was written about God, and we see that fulfilled in Jesus. Adonai means Lord or, or boss. Uh, Jehovah Nissi is the banner of victory. And Jesus himself says, fear not, I have overcome the world. You have Jehovah Roha, meaning the Lord is my shepherd. In John, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. Do you see how the Old Testament connection of who God is, is connected to Jesus Christ each and every time? And when you really logically think about this, and this blows my mind, folks, when you logically think about it, you see Jesus born as a baby, looking up at his mom and say, you know what, I created her. <laughs> now, that's kind of weird. No, but I want you to think about it. Oh, and then that smell, the stench, oh, the animals, oh, by the way, I created them. Oh, and the wood in this manger that I'm, I'm in, I made the trees that made the wood that made this cradle. You, you see, that's kind of, could blow your mind. But Jesus came to earth. He came to earth to save us. He came to earth to be able to identify with his creation so that there's nothing you're going through where he cannot identify with what you are going through. I know some people here are going through really difficult things. And what I love is that God is a God who loves to enter into the chaos. And the greatest chaos is with ourselves. The greatest chaos is this propensity in our hearts to sin and to call our own shots and for us to play God ourselves. And, you know, I make a horrible God, but you make a horrible God. <laughs> and if I was doing this whole Christmas story differently, I would be the one who would have done things very, very differently. I don't think I would have come as a baby. I would have come as somebody that already had a position of a platform in which they could be heard. I mean, that's how I would do it. There would be like Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, the heavens would be ripped open and man, you wouldn't be able to miss what is happening right now. But see, God chose to do it so much differently. And he continues to work in your life often much more differently than you would prefer. But he does so because he was going to live the perfect life. How do we know that? Well, there's indications again in the Christmas story. Remember, the angels told the shepherds how they would be able to identify this promised Messiah do you remember? It says, you will find the babe and he will be wrapped in what? Swaddling clothes. Okay, for you and I, that doesn't mean much because it just seems, oh, it's just like, that's kind of warm clothing to keep the baby warm. But that was terminology that I want you to understand. These shepherds were watching the sheep in Bethlehem. Those sheep were used for the temple sacrifices. And so any shepherd, when there was a newborn lamb that was to be a sacrificial lamb, they would wrap that lamb in swaddling clothes so that that lamb would not get cut and that cut get infected and cause scarring and, scarring and causing blemishes. Because if there was a blemish, that lamb could not be used for sacrifice. 
So when the angel said, this is how you are going to find the babe, he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Basically, he's saying, no, this is going to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God who would grow up and live the perfect life you can't live and I can't live, but who died the death you deserved and I deserved because, man, we deserve the death penalty for playing God and ignoring the authority of Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. But see, God in his infinite love, and this is what I love about God, that I want you to get the wonder of this Christmas, is that God, how God orchestrated all of these. He prophesied this was going to happen. It sure enough did happen. There was a lot of confusion in the process. But at the end of the day, I mean, there was nobody more confused than the disciples when they saw their master hanging on a cross, crucified in that way, saying, how could anyone deserve this kind of death, but especially this one who, who helped the blind to see, helped the lame to walk, dared to even touch lepers and show them the care and the love of God. There was confusion there, but you know, that's not the end of the story. And we're going to be celebrating the rest of that here tonight when we celebrate um, Jesus being the light of the world and, and what that means for us today. But see, Jesus came to earth in the form of a human baby. Jesus came to earth to save us, to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. And finally, Jesus came to earth so you could know God personally. Okay, now some of you go, well, all right, good. I mean, that's great. But here's my great concern, especially for church people. People who've been in church for a long, long time or uh, uh, people who have just bought into um, our faith being just kind of like religion. We, we, we treat this news. We, we don't see ourselves having a need for a savior. We don't see ourselves really being needing rescued from anything. And so basically what you're kind of doing is like I, I am offering a gift and, and God is offering this gift of salvation to you. And what happens in many contexts is this. Wow, I love the wrapping. Man, th this, this is going to look great under my tree. And so we get this gift and we take the gift and said, yes, I've, I've received the gift, but I'm, I'm going to put it nicely right there. And we do that, I think, sometimes with our faith. And, and, and this is what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Are you ready for this? You are going to get some things that maybe you don't like. I mean, isn't it true? I mean, some of you are going to go, man, I know what I asked for. And then you're going to shake it up and go, wait, 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 what I asked for, should, there should be no shaking. I mean, it should be solid. Okay, what is this? And our, our minds, our imaginations go wild and they go, well, you know what, the, whatever's inside probably looks better in here. But here's what we often do when it comes to uh, um, our faith. It's what you do with gifts that maybe you appreciate, you, you receive the gift you say thank you, and, and then you can you can open the gift because you know we, we need to open the gift, and you know that's why a gift was given, and and we kind of open the gift, and 
you know, I love how kids open gifts. Don't you love how kids, man, they're just like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip this thing open, you know. And for some of us, this is kind of how it is. And we, we open the gift and, and then we go, oh, okay, well, all right. I mean, it's like a, it's like a kit to make uh, herbs and... Uh, yeah, I, I really, uh, that's going to take some time. That's going to take some work. No, no, I, I don't want that, man. Where's my gaming station? Where's all that kind of stuff that I want? I want something that I can get some immediate, but now I've got something that I've got to plant some seeds. I've got a shovel. I've got a, ah, and then here's what we do. We just kind of put it off to the side and say, hey, thank you so much. God, man, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. I'm going to keep it over there because I'm probably going to regift that. Right? You know what's going to happen to some of you. Some of you are going to get some stuff tomorrow. You don't have a prayer of wearing it. You, got, you don't have a prayer of using it. You just are dreaming then how you can regift this to somebody else. I say all that to say is unfortunately when it comes to faith, I think that's how many view our faith. We're, we're, we're singing. You, you, we can come together as a congregation and would you say that there would be a difference in how you sing by how you have encountered the Lord that week? Would you, would you say there would be a difference? I, I, I find that the greatest singers tend to dig deep and maybe going through some really tough stuff. And, you know, through this whole journey we've been on here as a church family, you know, the, the gift of, we opened with which, the gift of joy. How many of you went joy? I went joy. We opened up the gift of joy. And, and then we went the next week into the gift of worship Man, we all are worshipers. We're all created to worship something. So we all are worshipers. And, and, but all of these, and then the gift of belief should drive us down to our knees and just say, Lord, man, I am so undeserving. I'm so undeserving. And so we are able then to sing beautiful, beautiful Jesus as we are beholding the contents of the life and what can, can be fostered because the truth is, Everyone's salvation, while it starts with our adoption into the family of faith, all of our salvation in the contents look a little bit different because the Holy Spirit of God loves us so much that he puts the contents of our salvation in what is needed for us to be able to untap all the, the, the capacity of what God has deposited in you and what God has deposited in me. And so... The hope this Christmas is that you be a people who not only receive the gift, but dare to even open the gift and see that, man, Lord, I don't deserve this. But Lord, you came for me. You emptied yourself of everything in heaven, the perfection of heaven. You, you, you forego, you forewent that to come to earth in the form of a human. You came and you put yourself susceptible to discouragement and betrayal and being uh, misinterpreted and all of this kind of stuff. But you did that so that you could identify with me. 
And man, you took on my worst on the cross so that I have no excuse. Because God, Emmanuel, wants relationship with his creation. He wants relationship. The essence of who God is is spirit, but he loves to inhabit, inhabit his people. That's why the word of God says that the Lord looks for true worshipers. Man, he wants to inhabit. He wants to fill you. And I tell you, the greatest gift of Christmas is for you to take advantage of the gift of salvation. And the gift of salvation is the very presence of God and his work and his leading in every area of our lives. Man, that's the greatest gift he has given us, and that's the greatest gift we could give back to him is us simply an opening and putting to practice what he has gifted us. And so church, as uh, we go into this time of response here this Christmas, Um, two questions for you. One is this, have you received the gift of salvation? Have you received it? I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm asking, have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Have you, has your heart been enamored with the fact that God loves you so much that he came into this world He so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes on him will not die, but have everlasting life. And that life is defined with life in him. In the Greek, there are three words for life. One is bios, biology. One is suke, psychological. But then there is the zoe. Jesus says, I have come that you will have life and have it to the full. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus Christ came, but have you received him? And for those who have, have you opened the gift of salvation? Have you not only received it, but are you going into the contents and saying, man, Lord, thank you. I don't always understand this, but thank you. Man, growing something, growing seeds takes some time, takes some cultivation, watering, all this kind of stuff. It takes some cooperation, but God has deposited all this in there. I just want to see it grow, and I want to see it flourish. I pray that for us. Do you want that for you? Man, I pray that you want that for you. And I pray that you want that for us and collectively. The more we are just tasting and seeing the Lord is good because we are opening the gift. Man, how great, how radical the light will shine. Again, we're going to celebrate that more tonight. But can I pray for you? I want to pray first for those who maybe have been on the fence for a long time. You say, yeah, I believe. I, I, I kind of at least intellectually believe somewhat. Man, my prayer is that you would just absolutely take this gift, this miraculous gift, this wondrous gift of Jesus that we've been singing about and pray this prayer with me. Can you bow your heads? Lord God, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for coming to be my Savior. And now, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I know I'm not going to live perfectly, but thank you for being the, the Christ who did for me what I could never do. Now help me to live in the joy of that, in the worship of that, in the belief of that, in the salvation of that. In Jesus' name.
And for those of you who are in dark places right now or places where it just feels like God's way distant, it just feels like, man, I've, I've lost those loving feelings. Um, man, my prayer for you is that you will continue to press into the Lord in the confusion and place your faith and trust in the fact that Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That Emmanuel, God with us, that in whatever situation you are, God is with you. Amen? God is with you. God is with you. Let me pray over you. Lord God, thank you so much for this church family. Thank you for those um, who maybe right now the light has gone on. The light has gone on and that inspires us to maybe return back to that realm of faithfulness. People who are joyful, people who are triumphant. Lord, maybe we've lost the joy of our salvation. Lord, may it return this Christmas. Lord, help us to cooperate with you. Help us to be those vessels that open ourselves up to you, to be used by you any way that is seen fit. Lord, do your work today. Lord, we pray these things in your matchless and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, I would ask you, church, if uh, anyone prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Lord or you would want prayer to say, hey, please follow up with me. We've got cards um, in the back seat, uh, in the seat, back of the seat in front of you. Man, fill those out. There's boxes in the way out where you can put your offering or you put your cards. Um, or feel free after service just to come up, talk to me. Talk to somebody up here at the cross, pray with you. Man, we'd have no greater joy in doing that. Um, and dare to unwrap a gift before Christmas. Amen? Love you guys.